Okay, well, we want to get started. I wanted to talk about uh, John MacArthur and uh, what's going on with him uh, this evening. And, you know, uh, looking at John, uh, looks like a lot of things are happening. Uh, the church is actually suing uh, the state of California. And, and it's... Uh, Kind of interesting here, so maybe we can buckle our seatbelts and talk about this for a minute or two, you know, just checking it out. Uh, what is going on over there with uh, the state of California is uh, pretty pretty much the same old stuff, right? Uh, that uh, the state of California has declared that, um, you know, church service is not permissible up under the... Um, Pandemic, right? So, um, up under this new world order, uh, you can see that uh, churches are really, really in the, um, you know, in in sight, right? So the churches are kind of on the scope. We don't know how this is going to end. Uh, we're we're hopeful that maybe things will go back to normal. How many of you guys think that things will go back to normal? <laughs> Well, I'll tell you one thing, you know, um, I don't know if this has been uh, coming for a long time. Maybe we call it the new normal, but uh, it seems like this has been smoldering for years now. You know, the um, anti-Christian, anti-Christian um, bias that's going on in this country. Of course, I do want to uh, do want to get off to a good start. So I wanted to. Uh, give you some context to what we were talking about. Um, <clears throat> let me see if I can pull it up and dig it up for you because some people were asking the question and, and that's what this is really about tonight. Uh, they were asking the question, is it really Christian? It, it Should Christians actually sue or defy uh, the law? And so I, I noticed that on my Facebook page there were a number of people who were actually saying yes, uh, uh, yes, and then, well, actually saying no. There were a lot of people who were saying no. Uh, some of the people gave me thumbs up for it. Uh, Twelve people uh, thought thumbs up. Um, eight people made comments and two people shared uh, the, uh, the story, right? So what is the story? The story is... Um, uh, that Grace Community Church sues the state of California. John MacArthur Grace Community Church is ramping up a legal battle, and that's what he did. And basically on uh, that Sunday when he had service, I think the thing was that he said that they were um, legally protesting. <laughs> so they were legal, they were protesters. And up under uh, the rule of law that they say, uh, uh, they say that it is legal for you to protest. So <laughs> he did call himself protester. And still, he I think he faces a $1,000 fine and 90 days in jail for not obeying the lockdown order. So the, the big question is, is John MacArthur in the right to do that? Or should John MacArthur have obeyed? Now, Andy Stanley, just as a side note, Andy Stanley is one of the people that I believe John MacArthur was kind of critical of because Andy Stanley did shut down 
And I think he said that he was going to have church until next year. Uh, so the um, the thing that about for me is that, you know, I don't I don't have so large of a congregation. I didn't, you know, I don't have so large of a following that I'm ever going to be exposed like these people. But these people have these mega churches. And with these mega churches, you you're you're just really in the limelight. There's nothing you can do about it. And so here we are. John MacArthur finally stands up and he says, no, we're, we're going to have church. And I think his argument was that they can have casinos open and if they could have um, abortion clinics still open. I think he also mentioned that if they can also um, have um, marijuana being sold on, on uh, open, then, you know, obviously uh, the church has a right to be open. And he, he said that it's unfair for them to selectively um, discriminate against the church. <clears throat> and I imagine so, because when you think about Walmart, Walmart has hundreds of thousands of people rather in it every day. Uh, and then just, it really is true, the bo big box stores and all of the other, um, even gambling, you can do gambling, but when it comes down to church meeting once a week or twice a week, Whereas these places are open every day, uh, then they seem to, uh, to show favoritism towards those uh, businesses and calling churches non-essential businesses. Of course, here's uh, one uh, person I think is Aaron Dana. I guess you don't know. They posted on my Facebook page, so obviously they want us all to read it. They say John MacArthur is a false teacher who is leading many to their doom. He is an advocate of the Antichrist system, which means he is an advocate of the Trinitarian doctrine that is 100% satanic. God is one, not three in one. Be not deceived. Okay, so <clears throat> this person thinks way past the, uh, the argument whether or not church should be open or not. This person just launches an attack upon the character of John MacArthur and his uh, theological doctrines. And so uh, there's one person there. Let's see what else is this person. It is Greg Bailey. Let's see. There's some other people on the stream who, uh, in, the, in the thread that made some statements here. Not the time to be fighting over doctrines. Uh, thank you, Damien Mooney. And then also, uh, let's see here. Is written whosoever hears. Oh, uh, Cindy asked a question. Don't want you to get upset, but do you have any proof of what you're saying? And this person here just talks about. Anyway, they're just basically talking about the character. They're really not talking about the issue here. Uh, but there was one one thread that I was reading, and um, there was a pastor who was saying that John MacArthur was wrong and that he was uh, arrogant and that he should obey the lockdown order. And I think he was basing that upon um, Romans chapter 13. And again, you know, with Romans 13, you have to be kind of careful with Romans 13, you know, because it says, let, every, let everyone be subject to the governing and authorities for there is no authority except that which God has established and the authorities that exist 
have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authorities is rebelling against God because God has instituted those who are, do so will bring judgment on themselves for rulers have, hold no terror for those who do right, but those who do wrong, uh, that's what they have terror for. They're, they're terrorizing those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of one in authority? Then do what is right and you will be commended. Okay? Because they say, uh, he says that uh, the government, the government servants are, are ministers for, for your good. And they don't bear the sword for nothing. That's why, uh, like, if you go to other countries, they call government uh, a ministry. You know, the minister of finance, the minister of justice, the minister of, you know, whatever. So that's why when you go to different other countries, they're what's called um, people who are serving in the government a minister, right? And the whole idea behind being a minister is that you're supposed to be actually serving people rather than uh, ruling them. So um, Paul had a, <clears throat> a good understanding of this, and that's why he said pay your taxes, because they had a problem with Christians not paying their taxes, obviously. Because when you get out of the world, and you know, you kind of start thinking about you know, how it is in the world, and how unfair things are, a lot of times you will be tempted not to pay your taxes and also not to pay your bills. You know, so, um, he, so Paul was kind of clear, clarifying this thing up is that basically government is put in place by God for the purpose of governing over men so that mankind can um, be, um, that, that, you know, that, that things will be run decently in the order, you know, real, real well run. And so, um, so uh, he says also, he says, give to everyone that you, uh, whatever, whoever you owe, pay them. So like, for instance, you, you can't get away with not paying your bills. And, you know, I, I can say that, uh, you know, it does, Maybe you can be angry about the fact that Goldman Sachs and the other places are making off hand over fist with money that doesn't belong to them, that's taken from taxpayers, and that every time that they um, do a bailout, actually, they're really, uh, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on in the background. And so when you see all of that, it makes you wonder, you know, like, who are they really paying? Are they helping the people or are they helping their friends, you know, in the, in the background, the banker, banker friends, you know. And so the bankers are making off with money hand over fist whenever these uh, coffers are open to give bailout and stimulus money. And so that makes us suspicious, you know, so we don't want to pay, our, we don't want to pay, you, you know, definitely don't want to pay the beast because when, you know, like if you owe the beast so many thousands and thousands of dollars, you know, like for instance, Chase, you might have a Chase card, you might have a Capital One card, and you might have all these, but you realize that at the top of the pinnacle, you know, the pinnacle, the, uh, what do you call them, the all-seeing eye, the, the pyramid, that all of these banks actually work together. So sometimes there's a tendency not to want to pay them because 
obviously, you know, they are part of the problem that they are making money hand over fist and then they turn around and then they charge you interest, exorbitant interest on money that they, you know, again, have uh, compounded with interest and then caused uh, a financial collapse so that you cannot pay it. So a lot of times people are upset about that. But Paul says this. Here's what Paul says. Paul says, pay, pay them, pay them. Pay your taxes, <clears throat> you know. That's an odd thing coming out of the mouth of Paul, right? But, you know, the thing is, is that basically a Christian is to submit to authority and try to live a peaceable and quiet life. Did that always work? No, it didn't. No, it really didn't. Even though, even though, you know, we are told to do that, there were many instances in the Bible where people actually took a stand against government. Here's one, one case here where Paul, where Peter, actually Peter also says the same thing that Paul says here. Uh, Peter says the same thing when it comes down to government. But at the same time, when it came down to God, Here's what Peter and Peter said. Peter said, whether it's right to in your sight and the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. In other words, Peter was saying, said to them, whether it's right in your sight of God to listen to you more than listen to God. You judge, this is what he was saying to the authorities because the authorities actually ordered Peter not to preach. They ordered Peter not to preach. And here's what Peter said. Peter said, you judge whether or not it's right for me to listen to you more than not we listen to God. And notice what else he says. For we cannot speak the things which we have seen and heard because, you know, we, we, we have to speak those things. We saw it with our own eyes that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and then he was resurrected on the third day. So that's what they're saying. And they say, you know, you really can't stop us from speaking about what we've seen and heard. Now, this was the Jewish authorities who were telling Peter, the, you know, the government of the Jews, they were telling Peter not to preach. And Peter said, nah, I can't stop telling you about what I've seen and heard. I, you know, I, I have an experience with God. And it's better to obey God than to obey men. So look what they did. They threatened them. And then uh, they let them go. How they might, you know, to find nothing to, you know, hold over them you know, that they might punish them because of the people, you know, the people were watching. And they really couldn't just like unjustly punish them. But today you can because the people help. The people of today will help um, persecute the church, you know, but back then they didn't want to be, you know, found to be like wrongdoing in the eyes of the people. So they let Peter and John go and so Peter and John 
basically said basically they they were not obey they they were not going to obey the order not to have church not to preach not to teach the word of god see because they called them and they commanded them that they not speak no at all nor teach in the name of jesus so they didn't want them to speak or teach in the name of jesus but Paul, but Peter rather said, no, we got to answer to God. And I, we got to listen to God more than listen to you. Now, that seems to be contrasting quite a bit with what Peter said. Peter also said the same thing that Paul said about governing authorities. In other words, he said that we should not rebel against governing authorities. So, I'm assuming that you rebel against government authorities only when government authorities go against the word of God. Like, for instance, they tell you to go out and murder somebody, then, you know, you don't need to question that. Government told you to murder somebody. That would be foolish for you to just go out and murder a person just because the government gives you permission to, you know. And I know what you're thinking. They do it all the time when it comes down to abortion. You know. Want to just thank my patrons for being here tonight. You know, helping. You know what what we're doing. Um. Let's see here. Uh, little little eagle, you say we the people are the ones to tell the government what to do. They work for us. Yes. Servant watcher, the Holy Spirit let me know in 2019 what was going to happen. I was blessed, but most people thought I was crazy. Well, you know, I believe that true because, you know, a lot of people would think you were crazy too to think all of this stuff, you know. If I had told someone that all this was this this was gonna happen, all this stuff was gonna happen, they would have thought I was crazy too. And now, you know, even now, um, when it comes down to it, preparing for the future. You know, um, I just uh, sent my patrons uh, this handbook here the ultimate survival handbook and I, I download it's 251 pages of good wisdom and information because I mean you know we we're facing a very uncertain future again you can't be caught off guard servant watching you is right you know they, they don't really believe you but do you have a place that, you know, in case, just in case, this thing escalates and it gets to be so bad that you have to flee your home? Do you have what it takes to actually survive off grid? This is the thing that, you know. And again, people who are... Um, self-reliant are looked at as nuts right so 
Anyway, I, I gave this uh, this here. I, I downloaded. It gave it to everybody that is on the Patreon page here over here on the patrons page. So I, I put that out there for them. Anyway, it's, it's, it's filled with good information because again, if I had a said, if I had a said that this was gonna happen, you know, like uh, we were gonna end up with uh, this kind of thing where, you know, California is actually telling people something that is against the First Amendment of the Constitution, you know, that, you know, you should be able to have freedom of worship, right? But now you don't because they are helping us. They are saving our lives from this pandemic, I mean pandemic. They're saving our lives. And so as a result of them saving our lives, they're shutting churches down. But the hypocrisy lies in the fact that, you know, John MacArthur brought it up. That, you know, again, they still have um, casinos open. They still have, you know, um, houses where you can go get some weed from. Weed houses open. They have... Um, Walmart open, obviously. And so this is what John MacArthur brought up. Let's see if I can even get this to play here. John MacArthur is defying Governor Gavin Newsom's new coronavirus restrictions, hosting indoor in-person services at Grace Community Church in Los Angeles County. Pastor says uh, he's apparently been warned he could face fines or even arrest if he carries on, and yet he does. Pastor John MacArthur joins us live to talk about that. Pastor, good to have you with us. Thank you, Shannon. My pleasure. Okay, let me start with this headline, a, a piece written by a doctor. He says churches could be the deadliest places in the COVID-19 pandemic. It says the combination of singing in close quarters and decreased ventilation is nothing short of a petri dish or cell plate for viral growth. Um, what worries do you have or, or not have regarding, you know, the reality of this particular virus, which seems to be very contagious? Well, there, there are two ways to answer that. Uh, as far as our church goes, we have no one in our church, and we're a church of six, 7,000 people that we know of who's had any effect if they've had COVID. We don't even know of only a handful of people who had COVID and they were without symptoms. So we've had no issues there. In the state of California, the statistics are about 8,500 to 9,000 people have died out of 40 million. That means in California, you have a 99.98 chance of getting through this without any final illness. So the lockdown and the draconian things that have been going on to stifle this culture, to stifle it educationally, to stifle the businesses, to lock down people and then to shut down churches is just not warranted by the reality of the virus. So we, we feel like we are the most essential reality in the world. Look, Jesus is Lord. That is the Christian confession. It's always been our confession since he rose from the dead. Jesus is Lord. He's Lord of the universe and he's Lord and head of his beloved church with he re, which he redeemed with his own blood. He is the head of our church. Governor Newsom is not the head of the church. Mayor Garcetti is not the head of the church. We respect them for their temporal officer leadership in our, our government. 
that when they move into the life of the church and tell the church what it can do, they're usurping a role that they don't have. The Constitution mm -hmm. doesn't give them the power to do that, and they don't certainly have the spiritual power to do that, to usurp the place that only Jesus Christ has over his church. Okay, let me read you something quickly from another pastor there in California. He says, first of all, I want to stand with Pastor MacArthur in affirming the vital importance of corporate worship. But he says it comes down to four things. The importance of worship, love for neighbor, obedience to government, and maintaining a good witness. He says, what concerns me about defying the state order right now is that it seems to prioritize, number one, the importance of worship, is at the expense of two through four, loving your neighbor, being a witness, and obedience to the government. Um, what do you think about those concerns? Well, first of all, we are uh, a church that has a reputation for the last 50 years of uh, obeying the government. We are a friend to this society, to every level of this society. We have been given awards and accolades and plaques from the city government, the police department, all in authority, because they recognize what an honorable congregation this church has been. But never before has the government invaded the territory that belongs only to the Lord Jesus Christ and told us we can't meet, we can't worship, we can't sing. Uh, there's no power given to the government to, to make those kinds of calls against us. Secondly, and Pastor, I said this a moment ago, Pastor. we love our neighbors. We're not spreading anything but the gospel. All right, Pastor, I, I, I'm sorry to stop you there. Uh, we're gonna get cut off if I don't go, but Pastor John MacArthur, thank you very much. Um, political news next. Okay, so you guys heard it there, straight from the horse's mouth. And uh, again, uh, there we are. So uh, the, the big question is there, let me stop that. Uh, the big question is, you know, is John MacArthur right or wrong? Now, before you talk about this now, again, uh, everybody wanted the church to take a stand. And um, I think most of us will say that, okay, um, you know, Jesus has been talking a long time from the annals of time in Revelation that you're neither hot nor cold. You know, I, w I wish you were either hot or cold then I, you know, I could know what you were, but because you're lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth. But when, when, it, when it comes down to being hot on an issue, a lot of people are not willing to support uh, the stand of the church to stand up for this. And a lot of people say, well, you know, they need to shut down because we need to save lives, save grandma's life, you know. And so... Um, but it, I, think, I think it takes a lot of courage to stand up with that large of a congregation, 7,000 people, you know, 7,000, uh, you know, that's a lot of people. And so um, you, you can't really hide. Notice what the Lord said here in Revelation chapter 21, verse 8. He said, but the fearful and unbelieving... The question is, do you believe that the Lord can protect you from COVID? And, you know, uh, when it comes down to it, do you believe the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Lordship of Christ? Do you believe that you have to stand up for him and take a stand? You know, certainly the people in the Old Testament and the New Testament and all throughout the Bible believed it because they suffered a lot of persecution 
as a result of it. You know, like, again, Peter was warned not to preach in the name of Jesus, Peter and John, and they were whooped. As a matter of fact, I think they, 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 uh, this, this was one of the times, and then the second time they came and got them and they beat them. And so, again, you, they were held against their will, then put in jail, and then warned and beaten, you know. And so, again, the, the, the governing authorities were telling them not to preach in the name of Jesus. And uh, the Lord Jesus tells us that people who are fearful, not people that are compliant, you know, they, they're, right, basically, that's the same thing, right? People that are compliant, people that are defying the government. That's what, let's just say. He didn't say that government defiers will have their part in late, that burns with fire. But the, look, look what he says. He said, the fearful and unbelieving, and along with the abominable, abominable, the murderers, the fornicators, the sorcerers, and idolaters, that, and all liars, all liars, everybody that lies, shall have their part in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So you're, you're going to get two deaths if you do that. That's uh, quite interesting. So we're looking at, um, man, you know, this is, uh, this is something that's really tough. What do, you, what do you guys think? I mean, you know. What do you, what are you guys over there thinking about this? Um, let's see here, psychological law channel. I think it is lawful to find for church to sue, or lawful and fine for church to sue these godly godless governments. Yeah, you know. Uh, that's what he's doing. It seems like he's standing up to sue the government. You know, I want to say this, too, that Paul, right after Paul, um, right after Paul uh, preached about this whole thing, you know, like the Romans 13, he wrote this, <laughs> he wrote all of the rules for this. Then he comes back and he, Paul actually gets in trouble himself and he has to depend on um, legal means to try to keep him out of trouble, even deeper trouble. And uh, there's a little history about that. I think Paul, what he did is that he was, uh, he was arrested for preaching the gospel. Then he ended up being thrown into jail. And after being thrown in the jail, he 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 uh, he appealed to the people of his time because he was a Roman citizen, and basically he wanted to sue. I guess it's the lack of a better word, sue the township that arrested him, and they were illegally charging him with something that you know they they were saying that he did. I think the police had arrested him and then took him away, but the Jews really wanted to, to kill Paul because they wanted to kill him for the gospel's sake. It really wasn't about 
It really, you know, what, what Paul was arrested for really was not about um, him uh, breaking any laws. Basically, they just, it was really about him preaching the gospel and they wanted to do, they wanted to get rid of that. Now, here it is here, though. Here's, a, here's an interesting thing here, though. It says here in the history, during the first imprisonment of Paul, he awaited trial before the Roman government, Felix and Festus. And you'll find that in Acts chapter 24. Five days later, Ananias, the high priest, arrived with some of the Jewish elders and lawyers, Tetarus, Tetalus, rather, to present their case against Paul to the governor. And when Paul was called in, Tetalus presented the charges against Paul. And the basic charge was that he was preaching in the name of Jesus. So they want the Roman government to do something about that. He then was under the house arrest of the Rome for two years. Can you imagine somebody being held without being charged for two years? And generally, if you are held back then, they didn't really hold prisoners. What they did is the people were awaiting execution. So it really was kind of a good thing that Paul was arrested and held for two years. Now, he waited his appearance before Nero. Scholars believe that Paul was released sometime in A.D. 62 because the Jews who had accused him of being a real pest and a fellow who stirs up dissension didn't press their case before the emperor. However, during Paul's second imprisonment, in the Mormon dungeon, he had apparently received the preliminary hearing and was awaiting a final trial. So it says here in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16, that the first time I was brought before the judge, no one came with me. Everyone abandoned me. May it not be counted against them. So he was by himself, too. He had to go. Boy, that's pretty rough. If you get arrested as a Christian, expect to go it alone. You're not going to have a bunch of folks who are going to be with you. As a matter of fact, if you stand up for Christ, you're going to be standing alone. And most people are going to burn you. I want to, you know, remember what they did here. They're, they're burning right here on my Facebook page right here. John MacArthur is a false teacher and leading many to their doom. What kind of spirit provoked her to say all of that? Or him, I don't know who he is. But a fearful person and an uh, unbeliever, you know, those people right there, they're going to face their fiery judgment. I'm kind of glad John MacArthur is standing up for what's right. Anyway, it says, John MacArthur, Grace Community Church Special Counsel, Jenny, Ellis, and Charles, I don't know what that name is, filed a lawsuit against California Governor Gavin Newsom 
attorney general, all of these different people anyway, the public health officials filed the suit. The suit filed seeking to stop enforcement of California's orders that, that forbid the church from meeting indoors. And so the lawsuit argues that American people stating that have witnessed how the onerous restrictions imposed upon the public officials to allegedly fight the COVID, to allegedly, how about that? I like those words. To allegedly fight the COVID-19 pandemic simply do not apply to certain favored groups when many went to the streets to engage in political protests against racism and police brutality. These protesters refused to comply with pandemic restrictions instead of enforcing the public health orders. Public officials were all too eager to grant a de facto exception for these favorite protesters. It is time for California to recognize Christians are not second-class citizens. Are Christians second-class citizens? That's a, that's a good point. And here's another line. It isn't about health. It's about blatantly targeting churches. And there's a lot of people, you know, who uh, basically, I know you guys, a lot, of, a lot of people on YouTube, they don't really go to church. And so you, it's kind of hard for you to even maybe get into this, but it, it, is, it is an important argument because here's the thing, the church is the presence of God on the earth. Jesus says, upon this rock shall I build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The church is the presence of God and the church is the only thing that Jesus centers out in his conversation in the book of Revelation. Jesus wrote letters or had John write letters to the seven churches, not the seven individuals. So it's important that you understand that Jesus is going to come back for the church. And people can say, well, you know, it's not a church with four walls. Well, I agree with that. The church is all over the place. And a lot of times you can have real good church outside. You can have church at home. You can have church here and there. But the point is, is that you need to understand that church is what God is at the center of God's heart. It's the collection of people together the organized body of the body of people coming together, meeting together, loving one another, touching one another. Encouraging one another, rebuking one another and holding each other accountable. You can't do that through a YouTube video. You can only do it when you meet. But now this uh, whole idea of Satan is really to stop the churches, right? He says, this isn't about health. 
Here's a blatant target on the church. Church are providing essential services to people. And this is something that most people don't understand. The John MacArthur made a good point, though. Because in his argument, he said, look, this is about something that God told him to do, that basically the government has no authority over the kingdom of God. And this is very important. The kingdom of God has free reign to be the kingdom of God. You cannot order the church around. The church isn't a government institution. And so the, the kingdom, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. So the church is going to continue to meet no matter what. It's going back to church history, just kind of like really once you see here that in the church history, the church back in the days of uh, 100, uh, let me see, moving forward about 100 years after Jesus died or res was resurrected. Um, there was a, let me see, in church history, there was a good example of how the government of Rome was still trying to find out where the church meetings were being held. And there were church meetings that were being held. And uh, what um, the, let me see, here it is there. There it is, right? Where did Christians worship? So this was around, uh, let's see, 168 AD. And one of the Christians named Justin Mortar and his associates were brought before the Roman government. And uh, they, they were subjected to a series of questions like, what sort of life do you lead? What are your doctrines? So do you admit that you are a Christian? And so, you know, being a Christian back then could carry a heavy, heavy consequence. You know, you could be, you were definitely going to be killed for being a Christian at this particular time. And so, Rusticus, at this particular time, the Roman perfect, uh, interrogated them, demanding, where do you meet? Where do you meet? And so Justin said, well, you know, when, we meet wherever there's an opportunity for us to meet. So we meet on the street. We meet in different people's houses. And we don't really have a particular place that we meet at. We just kind of meet all over the place, different places. That's, that's what he wanted to know. That's what Justin said. In any case, do you suppose we can all meet in the same place you know that's what I don't know why Justin was like being so smart and sarcastic he said do you think we can meet on the same place it's just too many of us <laughs> Rusticus pressed him no doubt for information that might compromise other people because he wanted to know he wanted to get do some contact tracing 
So Rusticus pressed him for information. Tell me where do you meet? In what place? And Justin said, I've been living above the bathhouse or baths uh, for my entire period and my sojourn here at Rome. You know, so since I've been living in Rome, I've been living above the bathhouse. And I have known no other meeting place but here. Anyone who desires could come to my residence. So they met at his house. So church was, church was really in the house. And he says, I will give them some words of the truth. I will give, him, give them words. So they basically got together, met, and Justin would preach. And then they would leave. At the close of the interrogation, Rusticus passed sentence on Justin and his companions obtaining for Justin his appellation, which is he was going to be mortared. They killed Justin. The proceedings of Justin's trial just prior to AD 6168 reveal some things about the location of the early Christian church and teachings. So basically that the Roman Christ, the early Christian church used to meet in houses and they taught in secret. In Rome of Justin's day, Christian meetings were still being conducted in private residences in much the same way as over the century earlier during the ministry of Paul. And it says this is remarkable in the light of Justin's depiction of Christian worship, which included baptisms, communion prayers, preaching, and communion. Through baptism, uh, though black baptism played a, a primary role in Christian community, formal baptizers were as yet undeveloped. So uh, Justin only commented uh, is that the candidates are brought by us here where there is water. So they did meet for baptism, but um, they did, they, they met in very places, various places where they could meet in secret. It wasn't ever in the open like it is today. So I guess uh, the thing is, is that churches will have to go on the ground if they're going to continue to meet in these last days. Again, now, that's unless things change, you know. Uh, John MacArthur, God bless him, is doing the best he can do because he's been preaching for a number of years. I've been, you know, uh, John MacArthur was my, my mentor. Adrian Rogers, John MacArthur, Adrian Rogers, um, you know, and, you know, various teachers that came on Bot Radio Network and uh, their Christian, Christian news and information networks. So I listened to these people for years and I know what they teach. Respect for God, respect the government, respect of the country. But now they have to actually be, they're holding their feet, God's holding our feet to the fire to see who do we love more. Do we love government more or do we love God more? It's a big, big question. Who do you love more? Do you love government? 
you love this world. I'm surprised again that people like, uh, you know, they just come out and attack Christians that are trying to do the right thing. But again, they attack Paul too because Paul was thrown into prison. And I think Paul himself said, well, you know, there are people who are talking about me that I'm, you know, since I went to prison. And, uh, you know, whether they talk about me in good light or whether they talk about me in the bad light, it's good because they're still going to be preaching the gospel. So I don't know. Paul's basically excused them. He just said, may, may God just bless them. Something to think about, guys. Uh, all right, Jesus Freak Computer Geek, how you doing, man? Hey, brother, you said uh, I will be speaking on an aspect of what really happened, what's really happening with Corona that no one has yet heard. It is something we all need to consider. Okay, well, you guys can get over there to Jesus Freak Computer Geek channel and check it out. I'm going to be getting out of here, though. <laughs> Once again, thank you guys uh, for all of your help and contributions and blessings and all of the good stuff that uh, you've been doing. Help out Sandra and I. You know, we've been, um, again, uh, these, these have been very, very tough times. Will you say Andy Stanley is good or uh, Stanley is good? Is that what, what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've listened to all of them. So anyway, yeah, these have been tough times, but again, we have people that have been helpful. Now, if you want to help out, really, don't forget to go over and check me out on Amazon.com slash shop slash Vincent Rhodes. So don't, don't forget to go check me out there. And let me see if I can move that out the way. So again, that's... Amazon slash shop. And let me see if I can move that above there. There you go. Might not have been able to see it. The last part is Vincent Rose. Go over there. And uh, if you guys are going to uh, stock up. And, you know, uh, there was a good thing that I was reading, too, in the book on, um, you know, uh, what do we have? Survival, the survival, this book. Um, don't forget to take care of the elderly. That was one of the things that uh, they brought out in the book of how to care for the elderly. It's something we don't really think about, you know, especially when, you know, you're trying to survive that you know that that we need to care for elderly people as well and try to get them you know a, a safe place and that kind of thing so um a lot of that right now we can be preparing for we there's a lot of preparation that needs to be and again you're not you're not a nut you just you just being wise because again when the bible says it it's very true that a wise person sees evil coming and you know prepares for it basically you know 
moves out of the way or, you know, make sure that it doesn't overcome them. So that's something that, that you guys might need to do. And uh, it's important. Either way, remember until next time that Jesus is the light of the world. It's him who gives us wisdom and also insight into these dark times that we live in. And it's his truth that ultimately frees us from this world and the bondage of this world. How fearful it would be for those people who die without Jesus Christ in their life. Because, I mean, you know, the chains are on everybody right now. And they're getting heavier and heavier. But we who are in Christ are free. Because he who the Son has set free is free indeed. And so you don't need to be afraid because your life will, may end here, but it's going to <laughs> carry on for eternity. But if you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, you need to give your life to Jesus right now. The Bible says, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And you just say, Lord Jesus, save me of my sins. He will save you of your sins. And you will have eternal life with God forever. And his life is more beautiful than this world. Anyway, remember Jesus is our light. And it's truth.